Hi, this is Brad Constantine, and this is a podcast recording of the Doctrine and Covenants of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Even though this is not an official recording of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, every effort has been made to be as doctrinally and historically accurate as possible. Every day a new section of the Doctrine and Covenants will be released. I hope that you'll visit this often and be able to share this uh, with your friends. Thank you. Hello, and welcome back to the Doctrine and Covenants podcast. This will be for section 90. I'm going to read the heading first. Revelation to Joseph Smith the Prophet, given at Kirtland, Ohio, March the 8th, 1833. This revelation is a continuing step in the establishment of the First Presidency. See heading to section 81. As a consequence thereof, the counselors mentioned here mentioned were ordained on March 18th, 1833. This revelation came in response to the prayers of the prophet and his brethren and centers in the organization of the First Presidency, which would take place ten days later. On that occasion, which was the 18th of March, 1833, Sidney Rigdon and Frederick G. Williams were set apart by the prophet as his counselors in the presidency of the high priesthood. On that occasion, many of the brethren saw a heavenly vision of the Savior and concourses of angels. Verse 1, Thus saith the Lord, Verily, verily, I say unto you, my son, thy sins are forgiven thee according to thy petition, for thy prayers and the prayers of thy brethren have come up into my ears. Therefore thou art blessed from henceforth that bear the keys of the kingdom given unto you, which kingdom is coming forth for the last time. Verily, I say unto you, the keys of this kingdom shall never be taken from you while thou art in the world, neither in the world to come. Earlier revelations had stated that only Joseph Smith could receive revelations for the whole church. These revelations, however, contained the provision that this was to be the case unless the Lord placed another in his stead. Were that to happen, however, even the revelation identifying Joseph Smith's successor must come through him. And you can go back and read section 28 uh, to find that out. The present text does not contain that provision, but rather it promises that Joseph Smith will hold the keys of the kingdom both in life and in death. Thus it appears that the prophet was on probation for a time, and that having proven himself, that season had now ended. And that was by Joseph Feely McConkie. Verse 4, Nevertheless, through you shall the oracles be given to another, yea, even unto the church. An oracle can be a revelation, or the person through whom the revelation is given. Verse 5, And all they who receive the oracles of God... Let them beware how they hold them, lest they are accounted as a light thing, and are brought under condemnation thereby, and stumble and fall when the storms descend, and the winds blow, and the rains descend, and, be- and beat upon their house. An oracle is a brief utterance. An oracle of God is that which has been spoken by way of divine revelation. It is the right of the First Presidency to receive the oracles, or the Word of God, for the whole church. We occasionally refer to those through whom the Word of God comes as oracles. Verse 6, And again, verily I say unto you, unto thy brethren, Sidney Rigdon and Frederick G. Williams, their sins are forgiven them also, and they are accounted as equal with thee in holding the keys of this last kingdom. The principle here established is that counselors in a presidency can act in the stead of the president when they do so under his direction. It is not intended to suggest that counselors are equal in authority with the president, but rather that they are to be accounted as equal when they act by his authority. It is for this reason that they are set apart as counselors and not as presidents. I laid my hands on Brother Sidney and Frederick, recounted the prophet, and ordained them to take part with me in holding the keys of this last kingdom and to assist in the presidency of the high priesthood as my counselors. 
Be it remembered that it was Joseph Smith who was told that he would hold the keys of the kingdom in this world and in the world to come, not his counselors. It will also be remembered that the release of a president brings with it the release of his counselors. The same principle is involved in the presidencies of the various auxiliaries to the priesthood. In each instance, the counselor is empowered to act for the president when doing so under the president's direction, and in each instance, the counselor is released with the release of the president. That was by Joseph Phila McConkie. Verse 7. As also through your administration the keys of the school of the prophets, which I have commanded to be organized, that thereby they may be perfected in their ministry for the salvation of Zion and of the nations of Israel. In other words, the twelve tribes of Israel, and of the Gentiles, as many as will believe. That through your administration they may receive the word, and through their administration the word may go forth unto the ends of the earth, unto the Gentiles first, and then behold, and lo, they shall turn unto the Jews. And then cometh the day when the arm, arm usually means servant, of the Lord shall be revealed in power in convincing the nations, the heathen nations, the house of Joseph, Ephraim and Manasseh, of the gospel of their salvation. For it shall come to pass in that day that every man shall hear the fullness of the gospel in his own tongue <clears throat> and in his own language, through those who are ordained unto this power by the administration of the Comforter shed forth upon them from the re for the revelation of Jesus Christ. Not only are we promised that the gospel will go to those of every nation, kindred, tongue, and people, but that it will go to them in their own tongue. Further, Alma tells us, The Lord doth grant unto all nations of their own nation and tongue to each his word, yea, in wisdom, all that he seeth fit that they should have. Nephi assured us that the great winding up scene will not take place until there are congregations of the saints upon all the face of the earth to which John the Revelator tells us that there will also be those who have been ordained kings and priests in the house of the Lord among all the nations of the earth. And that was by uh, Joseph Eli McConkie. <clears throat> Verse 12. And now, verily I say unto you, I give unto you a commandment that you continue in the ministry and presidency. Duties of the first presidency presiding... Um, they finish the work on Joseph Smith translation. They preside over the school of the prophets. They receive the revelations and unfold them. Read, study, and learn languages. Preside in council and set the affairs of the church in order. Repent of pride and sin. Set their own homes in order. Leaders of the church must take care of their callings, but must not neglect personal and family matters. Verse 13, And when you have finished the translation of the prophets, you shall from, from thenceforth preside over the affairs of the church and the school, the school of the prophets. In the Hebrew canon, or Old Testament, the major prophets are followed by a collection of smaller prophetic oracles that are commonly designated as the twelve minor prophets. It is to these books that reference is being made here. The prophet <clears throat> had returned to labor on these books after completing his work on the New Testament on February the 2nd, 1833. Section 91, which was received the next day, indicated that the prophet had now come to that portion of the Old Testament known as the Apocrypha, which his copy of the Bible contained, hence his inquiry about whether it should be translated. So you're going to have to come back tomorrow to, to listen to uh, about Section 91. <laughs> gotcha. Okay. Uh, that last part was by Joseph Fielding McConkie, not the gotcha part. All right, verse 14, And from that time... Or from time to time, as shall be manifested by the Comforter, receive revelations to unfold the mysteries of the kingdom, and set in order the churches, and study and learn, and become acquainted with all good books and with languages, tongues, and people. References to the various congregations of the church. At the time of this revelation, the church was less than three years of age, and such geographic divisions as wards, stakes, and missions did not exist. 
It is expected that the Lord's people will be conversant with all good books and that they will be students of literature, art, history, languages, and music. Indeed, all that enlightens the mind has its proper place in the gospel of Jesus Christ. Nor is that the end of the matter, for it shall be their lot also to write the best books, produce the finest art, compose the most edifying and inspiring music, and do well all else that life, that life that lifts and ennobles humankind. Verse 16, And this shall be your business and mission in all your lives, to preside in council and set in order all the affairs of this church and kingdom. Be not ashamed, neither confounded, but be admonished in all your high-mindedness and pride, for it bringeth a snare upon your souls. Set in order your houses, keep slothfulness and uncleanness far from you. Now verily I say unto you, let there be a place provided as soon as it is possible for the family of thy counselor and scribe, even Frederick G. Williams. And let mine aged servant, Joseph Smith Sr., continue with his family upon the place where he now lives, and let it not be sold until the mouth of the Lord shall name. And let my counselor, even Sidney Rigdon, remain where he now resides until the mouth of the Lord shall name. And let the bishop search diligently to obtain an agent, and let him be a man who has got riches in store, a man of God and of strong faith, that thereby he may be enabled to discharge every debt, that the storehouse of the Lord may not be brought into disrepute before the eyes of the people. Search diligently, pray always, and be believing, and all things shall work together for your good, if ye walk uprightly, and remember the covenant wherewith ye have covenanted one with another. We are not saved separately and singly. No one who understands the gospel of Jesus Christ would say, I have been saved, suggesting that they, independent of their relationship with the community of saints, have obtained salvation. A church organization is essential in the declaration of the gospel and the performances of the ordinances of salvation. We do not baptize ourselves. The most righteous of men cannot confer the priesthood upon himself, nor can either a man or a woman endow themselves. All gospel covenants are, com are community covenants. In baptism, for instance, we covenant to mourn with those who mourn and comfort those who stand in need of comfort. Moses took the children of Israel to Sinai that the Lord might make of them a covenant people, a kingdom of priests and a holy nation, not a kingdom of individuals. This has been the pattern for those seeking salvation in all gospel dispensations. That was Joseph Elam Conkey. Verse 25, Let your families be small, especially mine aged servant Joseph Smith Sr., as pertaining to those who do not belong to your families. Now this sounds a little odd, so let me explain a few things here. When the Lord when the Lord advises them to let their families be small, he does not mean their immediate children, the visitors and hangers-on who had a tendency to take advantage of the brethren's open houses and open hearts are the, mo are the ones meant. That was out of the Institute Manual. Verse 26, That those things that are provided for you to bring to pass my work be not taken from you and given to those that are not worthy. And thereby you are hindered in accomplishing those things which I have commanded you. This instruction is directed to the heads of households. It has nothing to do with the number of children born to them. It is an expression of concern about the size of their extended family, which often included friends who sought shelter and succor from them. For them to be overly generous would hinder their ability to accomplish those things the Lord had called upon them to do. Joseph Smith Sr., because of his kindly nature, was particularly cautioned. This same principle has to guide us in the affairs of the church. Though we always desire to help those in need, it would not be wisdom that all of the church's means be given to the poor and thus deprive it of the ability to accomplish its greater mission of building temples and proclaiming the gospel throughout the nations of the earth. 
Joseph Healy McConkie. Verse 28. And again, verily I say unto you, it is my will that my handmaid, Vienna Jacques, or Jacques, Jacques, should receive money to bear her expenses and go up unto the land of Zion. Okay, now who's Vienna Jacques? She's a woman who had been kind to the prophet and had cared for his wants when he went in need and had helped the elders, was now by revelation to be helped with means so that she could gather with the saints in Zion. So I guess what goes around comes around, huh? Verse 29, And the residue of the money may be consecrated unto me, and she be rewarded in mine own due time. Verily I say unto you that it is meet in mine eyes that she should go up unto the land of Zion and receive an inheritance from the hand of the bishop, that she may settle down in peace inasmuch as she is faithful and not be idle in her days from thenceforth. And behold, verily I say unto you that ye shall write this commandment and say unto your brethren in Zion, in love greeting, that I have called you also to preside over Zion in mine own due time. The first presidency presides over the entire church. Therefore, let them cease wearying me concerning this matter. Behold, I say unto you that your brethren in Zion begin to repent, and the angels rejoice over them. Nevertheless, I am not well pleased with many things, and I am not well pleased with my servant William E. McClellan, neither with my servant Sidney Gilbert, and the bishop also, and others have many things to repent of. Their problem was jealousy and covetousness. Verse 36, But verily I say unto you, that I, the Lord, will contend with Zion, and plead with her strong ones, and chasten her until she overcomes, and is clean before me. We are chastened, so we will, we will repent. For she shall not be removed out of her place. I, the Lord, have spoken it. Amen. So Zion, the new Jerusalem, is not going to be moved out of her place, even though we don't uh, currently have it. One day we will, and be able to build the temple there in Jackson County. I bear testimony that these things are true, and uh, say this in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. See you next time. Remember, there's uh, something about 91 in the Apocrypha. Ooh, come on back. Bye.